Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports tips, ratings and education, which enables you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com and start boosting your betting bank immediately. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Winning Edge Racing Review Show. Before we're joined by our expert analysts to look back at the weekend's racing, including what was another brilliant performance by a Japanese galloper, this time with Liz Groshu taking out the Cox Plate, let's have a quick look back at the standouts from the Winning Edge analysts over the past week. We'll start with Dean's Tips, who had another big week, up 11.8 units profit at 44% profit on turnover, and this now makes the service up 103 units profit at 22% profit on turnover over the past five months. It was a nice day on Wednesday with Long Jack winning the Geelong Derby trial at $7.50 and another good result on Friday night with each way bet Vital Silver running a very narrow second in the Manicato Stakes and that would have been a 26 unit collect if I had one and it, it looked very likely for much of the straight. And it was another big Saturday with winners including Chief Ironside at a massive $30.70, Kubrick at $3.90, Lisa Schur at $3 and the Mobot. Blackbook Bets had a great start to the week on Monday with one bet reliable Lisa saluting at $5.25. Daryl Howard didn't have a lot of luck on Wednesday at $14 and also a bit unlucky on Saturday with Castle Vecchio running second and then each way bet Pacadali running fourth at nearly $10. Um, then it was a big Sunday with Phyllis Owl winning at $10.25. And the Greyhound Genius Service had a great week up 30.1 units profit at an amazing 79% profit on turnover. It's time to bring in the Winning Edge experts for another racing review show. We've got Mark Redden from New South Wales Tips and Ratings and Cam O'Brien from WA Tips and Ratings. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Well, thank you. That's the way. Mark, how'd you go over the weekend? Uh, last week, it was a pretty light week, actually. I only bet into two meetings, Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, left Hawkesbury Thursday alone and I left Kembla Ryan on Saturday too. It was very windy there and that sort of spooked me a bit. Uh, we got a winner at each of the meetings, but it ended up about 1.8 down for the week. Um, uh, I got one race wrong on Wednesday, back two horses in it, and they, I thought they were going to get soft, uh, a soft time up front, but it turned into a high-pressure race. One of them sort of took hold of the took charge of the rider and, uh, and uh, over-raced fiercely, and that sort of played to both their chances. Um, Saturday... Good, good result on Kubrick in the Bondi Stakes. Who um, nearly got uh, put over the fence by our Sober Collard. Uh, yeah. oh, considering that B.R. Duller had nearly gone over the fence um, the, the race before on re-edit when G. Boss uh, cut across him at 45 degrees, and crazy bit of riding. For him half an hour later to be, you know, taking a two millimetre run up the inside, it just shows how brave the, these jockeys in general are, and he is in particular. Uh, so that was a good result. Um, fast talking on the highway was awful, awful watching. Um, missed the start from barrier 10, cut across the rails, and that was the just never, ever, ever got a run. Actually finished last, but he was totally untested. <laughs> just was not expecting um, being strung up on the rails and not getting a run to be his issue from gate 10. But maybe he'd have a wide trip, but anyway, that's, uh, that's racing. And uh, Real Min Ruby was a very narrow uh, second. If we could have got either of those two home, it would have been a... Nice profitable week, but uh, wasn't a B. But um, I was pretty happy with my form uh, overall. Just didn't quite get the results this week. But um, no, I have some confidence uh, heading into this week, starting with Hawkesbury tomorrow. Sounds good. How about over in the West, Ken? 
Yeah, it uh, it was a bit of a light a lighter week for the first part before Saturday. There wasn't we had a couple of bets. We had one bet on the Wednesday only that, that just went okay, and then a bet or two at, at, at Geraldton that didn't go any good. Saturday we were about square. Uni time won really well, uh, resuming from a break for us, but didn't have much luck with missile launcher. We've been on the last two starts. It's been wide both times. It did draw wide, but uh, there wasn't really any plan to do anything they just sat out there wide unfortunately bobcat johnny raced really well but uh it just got run down then on sunday so it's about square on saturday as i said sunday taxagano in the northern cup just was held up we've had a, a lot of horses held up and wide lately unfortunately uh and and it sort of got out too late bold success ran okay but just didn't win so we, we lost just a few units for the week so with yeah not much going our way it's Ascot's looking better and better though. There's a couple of good races there this Saturday on Derby Day, and uh, I'll be picking the form uh, tomorrow afternoon for that. Uh, but before then, we've got Ascot tomorrow, obviously, and uh, it, yeah, it, it's a bit to get through for that, and uh, hopefully, a better week this week. So let's look back at Mooney Valley on Saturday, and I know in your tips for Saturday, you gave a pretty good push for the Cox Plate winner, Lisa Grishu. Yeah, well, that's it. It, it. it wasn't part of our official tips, but I did say to the subscribers that. Uh, Legrasseur would be a two-unit bet that I was really super keen. I've, I've, I've struggled in the past to line up these Japanese horses, and Mark and I talked a lot during the week about about these Japanese horses and, and where they where their rating stand, and, and worked out that I think uh, a good way to work to get because we use their time form ratings converted to our scale for the overs for the UK runners, the European runners, and I and you can get some time form ratings on the uh, Japanese runners as well, and. And we worked out a good way to convert those ones into ours. And therefore, it, it, through horses like Murder Glass as well, who helped give a line, uh, and, and Kluger. And so I reckon I've got a really good handle now on where these Japanese, Japanese horses sit. And Legra Sir was sort of looking like about 120 rating horse, 121 rating horse on our scale. And that just was going to make her, obviously, with the mayor's allowances, was a good thing, really, uh, in the Cox Plate. And she won when 122 and a half. And so even better than we really expected. And, and yeah, it was a good thing if you could do 121. So it was a two unit bet as well. Uh, hopefully the subscribers chimed in with that, which made, made, would have made a nice profitable Saturday rather than just square. And uh, yeah, and so going ahead now, I think we'll be able to line up these Japanese ones really well uh, because they'll probably keep bringing them, I imagine. We might go back into the Cox Plate a bit later on, but we'll kick off with the Vars. We had Soul Patch taking out the race quite impressively. Yeah, yeah, and rated really well. It rated uh, very well. It's gone, it's done 110, which it, 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 which was very impressive. But I was also very impressed by the way it found the line. Uh, it really powered through the line for mine. And obviously, if you're looking towards a derby, that's what you want. It's done 110, which makes it a very good chance in, in, in any derby, really. And, or 109.5, but 109.6, but realistically, 110. And the extra trip, I don't think. I mean, it, it, all these horses are queer at the extra trip till they actually go and do it. But... The way it went through the line, rating 110, oh yeah, I think it's right in the derby. It was really strong. Uh, thought of that as a, as a reference point when 112 when it won. And uh, and warning, well, warning went 105, 106 behind thought of that, but nothing went right for warning that day. So yeah, the soul patch was was a really good a really good trial, I thought. And then we had Hunting Horn taking out the Mooney Valley Gold Cup and he was absolutely plunged. I think it was $9 to $3 at one stage. Yeah, and... Pretty rightly, his his overseas time form figures were were better than the Australian ones, better than Mr. Quickie, for example. He'd gone 115. Well, he's gone 115, I should say, in this race in in the Mini Valley Cup, and and that equals his overseas best. Mr. Quickie has gone to his best of 113, 
which he also did in the Maccabi Diva. And, uh, and, and so in reality, we had uh, Hunting Horn as, as being a one length better horse than, uh, than Mr. Cricky. And a lot of the, these, these European runners, a lot of them are able to do their best first up in Australia now, as we're seeing, unlike a few years ago. Uh, and, and he, so, yeah, he was heavily back because he had the figures to, w- to win it. Downdraft had his chance to win 113, which is close to his best. So the race just sort of w- worked out as it sort of looked like it, it could on their on their ratings. And um, and he was good enough to win. Yeah, he was heavily backed. The interesting thing about Huntinghorn is uh, he'd been used as the pacemaker in a lot of these big group one races for um, yeah. Yeah, Brian's table. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he'd been racing the likes of Enable and, you know, running in races like the Irish Champion Stakes and all, all sorts of, you know, super top class group one weight for age races and um, generally at 2000 meters as well. But um, obviously he wasn't uh, put in the pacemaker role on Saturday. Uh, he copped a really, really soft pace, 2500 meter race and sat, you know, one out, one back. Yeah, it was just a, um, I mean, he, he's obviously he still had the figures in those much better races to, um, to put in a winning performance, but he really was given every chance. It just panned out perfectly for him. Yeah. How do you assess him from a Melbourne Cup perspective? Is he is he a life chance in that race? Uh, well, we'll have to look at what the other Europeans are rating. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be suspecting he had any really much improvement out of that. Uh, as Mark said, he did have every possible run. But uh, it's do you know what he's weighted at in the cup at this stage? He's it's obviously going to depend on that as well. But I, I, I would think he's around about his top. 3200 is an unknown quantity for him too. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was okay, but yeah, I'd, I'd be thinking he'd need unless he's got a very, very light weight. I'd be thinking he'd be needing more than that. Yeah, he's got 55. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I wouldn't have him then. And what about Humanor? Uh, he rated okay. That, he's an interesting one because I didn't think he'd get 2500 meters down a well, and he, um, and he didn't really sort of get it. But, but he, he's just class enabled him to finish it off. And his figures, his figures are not at his, nowhere near his top though. Uh, that day, I mean, he's gone 110, he went 114 to start before in the lead breaks. His, his best trips have shorter than 2,500 metres, and obviously he wasn't there for that. He wasn't there that day for that race. He was, he was plan- they were planning on him being in the Cox Plate. 2,000 metres is much more his trip. So if he goes back to the McKinnon or something like that, then he'd, uh, yeah, that's um, much more up his alley. And then we had Chief Ironside taking out the Krista Mile. This was one which was tipped by Dean Evans for Dean's Tips. Yeah, he's gone up. He's another obviously overseas run. He's gone a half length better than his overseas form, so just a little bit more than his top. Uh, he he was a forget run first up in Australia, uh, but he was only in front for about ten metres the entire race maximum. He was he was in front just before the line, obviously as he hit the front, but then uh, uh, it just got over the top of Cliff's Edge just on the line, and then something else came. Uh, who was it? Who came third in the race? It was uh, oh yeah, Best of Days was coming home really well and best of days had it had him just a meter or two after the line so to say it was a well-timed run would be a, an understatement he did just hit the front right at the right moment cliff's edge has gone to his best 111 best of days went 111 in, and he can go more it went 114 when it won the kennedy mile last year and uh so it's obviously on track and we've already touched on lise grosher taking out the cox plate uh, anything more out of that race to add uh, so Lego, so in 122, actually, not 120. I don't know if I said 122, 123 earlier, but it went 122. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Castle Becky was a great ride by Williams. He nearly got away with pinching it, and it's got 113, which is a length better than its Sydney best, uh, courtesy of well, probably just improving generally, but also uh, as a three-year-old, but also the brilliant ride. Uh, and and Tiakau Shark went with got these 
brilliant rails runs inside runs and it's gone 116 which was equal to what it did in sydney last start uh it's uh, only had a couple of runs in from a, a, a little bit of a fresh and a little bit of a let up so it's it's obviously racing well and it's entered in some good races at flemington too it went it went quite well it's a promising horse i'm not sure if i mentioned on this show or somewhere else but uh, casco vecchio i was really confident could run a big race in uh, on in the cox plate he he just set up as that the style of three-year-old that could run well in it and um you know, Richard Litt is a you know, young trainer who doesn't have all that many horses, but that's a super performance to get him to peak like he did um, on his grand final day um, and only be beaten by, you know, one of the best mares in the world. Terrific effort from Richard Litt. Yeah, definitely exciting to see what he can do in the autumn. So that's it for Mooney Valley on Saturday. What about the Manicato Stakes on Friday night at the Valley? Yep. Okay. So the Manicato that that uh, was let, letting Gabby's run uh, won the race and found a new top 111 uh, went went pretty well. It's a little bit better than its previous best. Uh, Vital Silver, the Ruffy, uh, has done a huge rating running second, done 115. It, it it's it's a it's a, another Perth horse that's come across. It's it's best it's best it ever did in Perth. It's been doing 107 over and over and over again in its. In its races, and then it did 107 in the Gilgai Stakes at Flemington, um, and it's and it's then it just pulled out 115 out of nowhere. It ran really well. Must have loved the Valley, I suppose. Anna Heed's gone in third, gone 107. It's been doing 107, 106, basically most of its last half a dozen runs. So it's just done gone the same again. Rock Magic, another Perth horse, gone 112, which is what it did at Northern, winning the Northern Stakes back in May. Uh, it's got 117, and once did at Ascot uh, last year, but um, yeah, it's it's about a million years old, Rock Magic. It's uh, but it's still racing well, and uh, yeah, but but loving Gabby, the winner, has gone 111 and lightly racing on the up horses, uh, found a new level. The, the, the tragedy, of course, in the race was Bibouac. Um, yeah, it, the race just changed complexion as soon as the gates opened. I don't think um, it was a brilliant ride on Loving Gabby, but I certainly didn't see, and I don't think many people uh, forecast that. She hit the gates as hard as she didn't actually be in front of Bivouac. And once she crossed across in front of Bivouac and he ended up three back on the fence, he was in awful trouble and, he, and had no luck from that point. Yeah, there was a lot of horses in bad spots in the valley on Friday yeah. night. Who, who, Morton's Fork was another one uh, who just ended up not near the rail and just never got their runs. It was just a lot of forgive runs at the valley as they often can be. Then, then it, but because they were wanting to be near the rail, the, the thought was that, that was going to be the best ground. And so... Nothing really was really wanting to leave the rail, so a lot of horses got held up. And then on Saturday, it raced a lot differently. And, and well, later on the program on Friday, they started to get out wide and to the middle of the track and race a bit more fairly. And that continued on Saturday. And as a result, the racing was a lot more fair on the Saturday as horses sort of, you know, used the middle and outer parts of the track, uh, like in that Cox Plate where they, you know, came, like League of Sir came around, that kind of thing. So, but early in the program and, you know, the first half of the race of the program, well, realistically, most of the program on, on Friday was, yeah, a lot of forgive runs in that respect. Bivouac, heading to the Coolmore? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And, uh, James Cummings said, you know, oh, they were umming and ahhing about whether to run him, and they are going to run him now, I think. Um, but oh. uh, um, he, he basically didn't have a run on Friday night, so yeah, he didn't take any harm from it. That's uh, shaping up as a pretty high-quality race, the Coolmore. Fantastic. It's always a good race, but yeah, this is a, a cracking field. Cracking yeah, field. it is. Yes, yes, yes is unlikely to start, isn't it? That's what we... Yeah, I think he's but doubtful. He yeah. is definitely. He was taken out of the futures markets and he's back in, so maybe that's just okay. the pendulum to swing back, but I, I don't think he'll run. I don't see... 
you know, as a stallion prospect, I'm not sure what they gain from winning this as well as the Everest. I'd probably oh, the, the, the Everest is just a handicap after all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Moving on. <laughs> um, I should also mention that Dean's tips also had a touch of silver at $26 in that race. So it was. Yeah, he's found that. He's found that well. Looked like it was home for a, a fair bit of the yeah. straight as well. So um, good result even for the each way players. And yeah. moving on to the separate wines handicap, we had Grace from Glamour leading all the way. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, that was a really good ride by Rachel King out in front. Uh, it, there wasn't much pace, but then, uh, you know, did have its own way in front. But then the horse absolutely had an enormous kick and annihilated him by six lengths and rated 111. His previous best was 106, but I just, but it's gone to a new level. We've gone 111. We think, you know, it, it looked like a bit of a wet tracker, but Mark and I were discussing it. Might, might actually also prefer the, the Melbourne way around, perhaps. Uh, obviously, likes the Valley. Uh, but to go 111 is a really big mark. So, thought worth mentioning. Ocean X in the race missed the start and got back to last and was wet, ran really well to get home for second. But it's, it's just putting through a, putting together a string and a litany of hard luck stories in its, <laughs> in its, in its campaign anyway. So, love the Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, no, just wanted to mention that, that the figure of Graceful Glamour was really high. 111 is a really good figure. All right, we'll move on to Sydney, and we had Bondi Stakes Day at Randwick. We'll kick off with the, the Nivison. We had Madame Rouge taking out the race. Yes, um, uh, I was on Real Min Ruby and Pretty in Pink uh, here. Pretty in Pink was uh, declared a non-runner. Um, something went wrong in the gates, uh, so we had a collect there. It's, it was a little plus, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, the um, the other one, uh, Realman Ruby, um, drew barrier two, uh, didn't find the fence in barrier two. Um, again, Madame Rouge, he did this to me the other week on Fasica. Somehow managed to cut across from the wider gate and get up inside um, uh, the thing I backed you know, onto the fence. Uh, astonishing. But, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't really argue that's made the difference between winning and losing. Um, Realman Ruby did have its chance. The, the reason I was keen to bet in the race and actually bet against the winner, Madame Rouge, as her second up form had been pretty dicey before this. Um, and so I was happy to be on Real and Ruby and pretty in pink. And um, I'd sort of, I, I, I knew her in trouble at the top of the straight because uh, she'd had a great run. Uh, Abdullah had worked her into the clear um, and she was hitting the bridle really well. And I thought, well, this thing's not going to put in a, a shock at second up. It's going to be right in the finish. And, um, that's the way it went. Unfortunately, nose days out by about a half head. Uh, that would have been a nice result. She's rated uh, 106, which is around uh, a point off her best. Um, time wasn't breathtaking in this race, but um, both her and um, Madame Rouge and Rhythm and Ruby have gone within a, a length or so of their best, so they've, they've run well. Um, yeah, other than that, I think Moss Trip uh, was has been a bit out of form, uh, returned to something like her best, running on for fourth. So maybe that's a good sign for her. Uh, might be a race in Melbourne for her. And very good first up run from Nikki's Gold too. Um, Nikki's Gold's got a heartbreaking uh, racing style. She's always, you know, it seems she can only be back last and that's it. Um, but uh, found the line really well and um, should be in for a good campaign as well. And then we had another impressive performance by Master of Wine taking out the Tattersall's Club Cup. Yes, super performance. Um, uh, nearly a bit of a tragedy for... Uh, the uh, subscribers, um, I sent out the 11 a.m. update and I wanted to say that Master of Wine would be a two-unit bet if it got to 260, I think it was. But um, 
fortunately, in the original email, I sent out uh, Master of Arts as the horse. It was about 10 to 1. Um, luckily, I, um, I picked it up and corrected it within a couple of minutes, but I hope uh, no one was charging into Master of Arts at the big ox thinking it was a huge overlay. But uh, 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 yes, I, I think I clarified it in time. But uh, back to the race. Um, yeah, we, we unfortunately we weren't able to get on this horse, but geez, um, he's just going forward in leaps and bounds. He, um, last start, he went to 2000 for the first time. This preparation settled last, just picked him up and won by four. And he's uh, he's gone back. He's over raced a little bit first time out to 2400, but you could just tell down the side about the 600. He was absolutely bolting. And he's again just picked him up and won by two and a half with his head in his chest. So before last start, his best was 104. He then went to 108, and now he's gone 112. Uh, probably he's down, so it's probably worth 113. Uh, he is just spiralling upwards. I noticed, I uh, read an article this morning that they're still maybe considering a late dip at the cup. Uh, years ago, a horse called, uh, of horses called My Lucky Day won this race and then mm. ran third in um, America and Melbourne Cup, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I was, and, there, I was on each way at 50s. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, the, the, and this horse has got a similar profile to Malachi Day, you know, improving four-year-old stayer, just spiralling upwards. The problem they've got this year, though, is that um, the City Tats Cup wasn't as close to the Melbourne Cup as it, um, as it is now. I think they had two or three weeks to prepare uh, Malachi Day. They've only got the nine days this time, so they really are letting their run a bit late. But uh, I think um, while he's in such red-hot form, I think he's got to head to uh, Victoria and whether it's not the Melbourne Cup, whether it's the Queen Elizabeth or something like that, um, or, or a country cup, or, you know, one of the richer country cups. I really think I should take advantage while this horse is in such uh, incredible form and try and get another uh, good win out of him. If they don't go this year, I think he'll definitely be a great chance next year if he keeps improving. Yeah, for sure. He's, um, yeah, I mean, 32s are, 3200s are, you know, another another story again, but there's nothing that I've seen that says uh, he won't run it. But, um yeah, it probably just comes up a bit quick this year, but there's certainly, if they place them right, there's another good uh, good race in this spring for sure. And then we had the million dollar Bondi Stakes, and it was a nice result with Kubrick getting up. It was a nice result. We touched on that before. Um, probably the worst non-sales restricted million dollar race I've ever seen, um, <laughs> and it's not going to be the last of them with the new with the, uh, <laughs> the new prize money regime up in New South Wales. Um, that said, he's a nice horse, the winner. He's uh, done a new peak, uh, despite having a bit of trouble obtaining a run. Um, this performance shouldn't really be a surprise. He, he was, you know, chasing the likes of Bivouac and Yes, Yes, Yes and the Golden Rose and the Run to the Rose and races like that. Uh, then uh, was always going to be better at a mile and was, uh, you know, obviously totally unsuited in the Caulfield Guineas four wide the entire way. I think he was maybe five and... Uh, Ran nearly last in that, but he was completely unsuited. Got got the blinkers on on Saturday. Barrier one, nice run behind him. Got the got the miracle was run when he needed, and he, he you know he's only won by a length, but he's he's dominated that field really. Um, Pancho stable mate, uh, big odds, huge run, new new peak for him for sure. Actually, um, while Kubrick was being uh, held up on the fence, it looked like Pancho might be the winner for a couple of strides as he sailed down the middle. The middle, but uh, yeah, certainly a new peak for him. And, um, Really good run. Um, the place. Yeah, Kawada. Um, he hasn't. He went very fiercely in front, and I think that's the only way you can ride him. Uh, Robbie Dolan's ridden him three times now. He's won twice. 
including in track record time at uh, Randwick last start, uh, and he's run third in this million dollar race. So um, I think he's pretty one dimensional. I think turn him loose is the, um, the the only way to to deal with him, and if he holds on, he holds on. So um, they have a, they tried to hold him up at Newcastle two starts ago, and it didn't work. He ran third and was actually well below even this this figure. But um, yeah, no tricks to him. And if he gets conditions to suit Molita's track, it'll be worth backing. But um, yeah, other than that, don't know. Uh, a couple of favours, just thinking, you know, just as a general rule, don't like to be like backing Gay Waterhouse horses down in distance after they've been to 2000. So he'd gone 15, 18, 2000 back to a mile. Um, thought Kubrick was a better horse than him anyway. And I didn't like that profile. I was surprised they were so close together in the betting, actually. Thought he had every chance up on the speed and was found wanting. And the other one in the market was Batiga, um, who couldn't get on the track and didn't settle, so we'll forgive him. But, um, yeah, just I think Just Thinking is just a horse, to be honest. But Batiga, yeah, we'll have another look at him down the yep. track. Golden Eagle this week. We've also got the Derby Day in Victoria, so a big weekend coming up. Golden Eagle's going to be a great race. Um, just looking at the first... Well, the, the horses in single figures at the betting at the moment. Arcadia Queen, Brutal, Classic Legend, Colding and the inevitable. And then mm. uh, uh, at double figure odds, you've got uh, Fasica and Sunlight. So it's just a, yeah, it's a great race. Shock full of quality, this race. 1500 is an interesting distance. That's uh, another thing we're going to have to uh, consider. But yeah, this, uh, you know, leaving the politics of whether they should be running a race like this on Derby Day to one side, it is going to be a great race. Yep. The Derby itself looks really good too. I mean, some Derbies are weaker than others. This one looks a strong one. That, that Sydney or Shadow Hero. Uh, is is well was the fact the market's off in the TAB at the moment. I'm not sure if it's up anywhere else, but oh, they'll be uh, drawing barriers today. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, we'll be off to a barrier draw, won't it? Yeah. Uh, Shadow Hero is going well, and Castle Vecchio comes out of that same race. Uh, but the Victorian form's really strong. Thought of that is the obviously the one who won at Caulfield a couple of weeks ago, Bolton, and and it's it went 112 as I said before. Warning ran second in that race, nothing went right for warning. Soul Patch, as we mentioned earlier, was really strong. So it looks a really good derby. I'm really looking forward to getting in, stuck into it. The, the, the interesting thing is which way they go with thought of that, isn't it? Um, yeah. Because yeah. um, I'm of the, the view that it could be an absolute certainty in the McKinnon if they go that way. 50 kilos, wait for age 2,000. Yeah. The uh, two, it's already shown, it's, you know, 2,000, it's a strong 2,000 metre horse. If they, it is just lead, and you, if it repeats 112, that wins comfortably in the McKinnon. Yeah, with that weight, and yeah, he's seven dollars in that. You know, I think that's uh, yeah. You need to know he's going that way before you put your put your cash down. But um, yeah, if, uh, if it's confirmed that's where he's heading, six to one, seven to one looks a great price. I think there's been some money for him this morning, so maybe that's an indication of he might yeah. be heading there. So yeah, we'll wait and yeah. see how that plays I'll, out. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think well, TAB TAB now he's five dollar favourite actually. Oh, is yeah. he? Oh, so well, yeah. he was seven dollars this morning, so that he's shortened again, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Might be a good lead. Yeah. Cam, do you want to touch on Ascot and how the, one of the feature races there? Uh, yeah, you, well, the, one of the highlights. Uni Time went really well, uh, and it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a feature race, but it rated 106. It's a promising horse. It was kind of horse if it came across to Victoria to do well over here, because I don't think, one, don't think that 106 is its top going ahead. There was a listed three-odd race to Belgravia Stakes, just gone okay. That was a 12-meter race, 104, the winner. Uh, earlier in the day, Western Temple's a promising horse as well. It's gone 108 winning, and uh, but yeah, that's about the that, that's about it really from that meeting. But so uh, there's a couple of couple of 150 thousand dollar races this week, so a couple of good races there this Saturday to look forward to. 
things are starting to hold up over there as well. They sure do. When we get the railway after the, after the, the Melbourne Carnival's over, it's, um, and then the Perth, the Perth Cup as well. There's a lot of other good races in there too. Yeah, it's a really good time for racing in Australia, the Victorian Spring Carnival into the Perth Carnival. All right, guys. Um, anything else you want to touch on? or? That's about it for me. Uh, yeah, the Saturday's race is looking really good. It's, as I said with Derby and the Coolmore, and that, it's, it's very high quality. Very, it's always a great meeting, but it's very, very, you know, very good one. Uh, really high quality one this Saturday. Do you guys think Shadow Hero will stay the 2,500? Yeah, look, I think that the 2,500 is what he's looking for. Um, the, the Spring Champion Stakes didn't race all that high. It was a funny day. It was windy. You know, there were a couple of reasons why the race might not have rated that well. But we've seen Casper Vecchio uh, come out of it and run through the roof in the uh, Cox Plate. Uh, remains to be seen if Shadow Hero can do that. But potentially he could. And I think the 2,500 is what he's actually really crying out for. So, um, yeah, I mean... He's been very well found in the market all spring since he um, he won the um, Wyoming Stakes, I think it was. So I don't know if he's any tremendous value, but he's certainly, you know, the one to beat. I think. You think it might be a better price than the race? Could be, could be. I mean, well, d- depends on thought yeah. of that as well. Obviously, we're, what it, what it's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. I mean, if other people are thinking the same way as us uh, as regard to his actual rating so far, then there could be some opposition to him, but um, he does profile really well and um, uh, he's been, the preparation's been spot on, yeah, it's you know, he's been targeted with the Derby all the way through. I, I, I don't think he'll be out the gate. Good about I think, I think warning will be, if not backed, it won't, it, it'll be very solid. Uh, it, 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 as I said, nothing went right at Caulfield, and it looks it looks really more a Flemington horse as well, uh, rather than Caulfield anyway. And and it looks like it'll get the trip too. I'd be very surprised if there wasn't money for warning. It's good to see a competitive derby. Absolutely, yeah. That's what I was saying before. That's what I mean. I mean, some derbies are less than others. I really hope from a, from the derby's point of view, I hope thought of that runs in it. But if I was if I was the owner of the horse, I might be tempted to go to McKinnon as well. But uh, yeah, it, it, with or without thought of that, it's still going to be a very good derby. All right, we'll see how that plays out. All right, guys, thanks for your time. Good luck this weekend and we'll chat next week. Thanks, Brad, and best of luck to you over the weekend too. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Brad. Thanks, Karen. Cheers. At Winning Edge Investments, we have a team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters who review the data, crunch the figures and assess the best betting opportunities, which are then delivered straight to your phone or inbox in real time so that you profit. 